My name is Nita Strauss. I'm going to check that off the to-do list. I'm trying to remember to introduce myself uh, more regularly. I, I've met most of you, and, uh, and for those of you that I have not, I look forward to doing that after service. And I want to thank you all for being here today. Today, I appreciated that song, I'm going to say yes, because last week we finished up the Lenten journey, sort of. And I say sort of because while the Lenten season officially sort of ends with Easter Sunday, there's actually another part to the story that some of us have not really spent a lot of time focusing upon. And we, I think, have a tendency sometimes to think that when we come to a point like last week when we did the white stone ceremony and several of you were coming up after service telling me that you got just exactly the word to focus on for the rest of the year that you knew was perfect and absolutely and right and wonderful for you and then Monday morning comes along and you go so now what do I do with that? You have said yes and as we, as we talked a few weeks ago you said yes without really knowing what it is you said yes to and we say yes with our willingness without having a clue what that really looks like, even if we think we know what the next steps are. Because even if your human egoic brain thinks it knows what the next steps are, there is a higher power within you. And sometimes, while I don't always like the very anthropomorphic kind of sayings that people use. The one where if you want to make God laugh, make a plan. You know, we've all heard that one in some version or another. Yeah, and. So we're here today, the week following Sunday, following Easter Sunday, sort of standing in our willingness saying, yes. We, we understand the resurrection of spirit. We understand moving to that next higher level. We understand letting go and the crucifixion experience and how all of that represents a crossing out in consciousness of that which does not serve us. We understand how Lent is all about letting go of the lesser to take hold, to be available for the greater. And Monday morning rolls around and we go, so now what? There was actually an experience mirroring that in the 40 days that Jesus, the ascendant or the resurrected Jesus prior to his ascension, spent in the company of those who were still here. And that's the kind of next part of the story. Someone in here who is a credit student Tell me, yell out really loud, what does 40 represent metaphysically? However long it takes. However long it takes. Any time that we have a story in the Bible, biblically, yeah, y'all get gold stars, you know. Yes, and, and, and so we have our two new teachers in the room going, yeah. So, <laughs> anytime biblically, and remember that we use the, Bibli- we use the Bible metaphorically, metaphysically, we interpret it. We do not look at it as a literal telling of history. Actually, using the Bible as a literal telling of history is a really, really, really new and primarily American development. Most faith traditions that that use the Bible 
do not really look at it as the literal word of God. That was actually a fairly recent development around in the 1800s, which primarily got started here in America. So we may think that we're all new thought, we're all this, we're all that, because we look at the Bible metaphysically, but really, that's the way the Bible is best used by most people. So when we see things like the Moses and the Israelites wandering in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. When we hear things like Noah and the flood, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. When Jesus began his ministry, he went into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. And again, after the resurrection, he was here, according to the story, in form that could be seen and interacted with for 40 days. So we know this is not necessarily somebody started counting. We went, oh, okay, day one, day two, day three. Isn't that a coincidence that it's always been 40 days? No, it takes as long as it takes. And, and it's interesting to remember that because it, it brings a gentleness, I think, to our stories. I think if we remember that we're not on a human timeline here. We're not on... A clock is ticking and I should be here by this point and why am I not here and how come I can't do that yet and why, and why am I not ascended yet? How, why is that anyway? So then when we come to a point like Easter Sunday when we're celebrating this raising of consciousness, there can be a tendency to kind of think, okay, I'm done now. I'm done now. I'm just going to float through life just sort of slightly above the ground. You know, nobody will really notice I'm floating on the ground, but I know it. I know I'm holy. I know I've ascended. And the first thing that happens is as we're thinking we're floating a couple of inches above the ground, we run into a boulder that's much more than a few inches above the ground. And we find out that perhaps we haven't quite learned to navigate with our wings quite yet. So when we talk about the 40 days, when we talk about that experience, yes, we celebrate as we did last Sunday. We celebrate that rising up. We celebrate as a culture, as a faith tradition, as a spiritual community. We celebrate that rising up. And we need to remember that that's not the end of the story. The next part of the story is that basically the disciples were kind of wondering, well, so what do we do now with this? Jesus stayed with them for a certain period of time. And then he did have the ascension experience. And again, I don't know what that looked like. I don't know what that looked like. What I do know is we've been telling the story for a couple of thousand years now. So something, something no doubt happened. And at that point... The disciples were sort of right where all of we are, which is, well, what now? What do we do with this? So this is the part of the journey that we're entering into now. And it's that agreeing with the process. It's that saying yes. It's that nevertheless I am willing, even though I don't know what it looks like. So I'd appreciate, speak with me the the affirmation that we've been using all along our Lenten journey today. Forgetting the things that are behind, I realize I am strong, positive, powerful, wise, loving, fearless, free spirit. I am 
God expressing at the point I am. And that's true no matter how messy it looks. No matter how messy it looks, that's a true statement. So as we move on through our, through our service today, I'm going to invite you to just really maintain an attitude of willingness, an attitude of joy, an attitude of thanks, an attitude that says, nevertheless, I'm willing. I don't know really what I'm agreeing to be willing to, but remember, if that feels a little too scary for you, you know, I mean, and I've, I've certainly, as I've said before, I've spent a lot of my life in not really willing to be willing, but willing to be willing to be willing to be willing to be willing. And we just sort of move through baby steps one at a time. So if that statement of just I am open and receptive to saying nevertheless I am willing, if that feels a little too scary, a little too big of a commitment, remember that you have at all times in your journey infinite free choice. You always have free will. You not only have free will in whether or not you get up and go to work tomorrow morning or what you know you can choose not to go to work not to pay your bills not to take care of any of your your human requirements you can make that choice and we get to live with the consequences of that choice that's the other side of infinite free will we have absolute positive free will but we don't get to choose the consequences of our choices the choices the, The consequences of our choices are an outcome of the choices we make. Y'all get that? You don't get to simultaneously say, you know, I think today I'm going to pack up my car and I'm going to go live in a beachfront condo and I'm just going to let the universe take care of me. You can say that. You can pack up your car. You can drive to the beach. And you can knock on doors. And you may, because you may have a consciousness that supports the belief You may have a consciousness that supports that belief. You may slide right into that. And if that be the case, call me because we want that workshop too. (laughs) But for most of us, we need to remember that we do have infinite free will and we get the consequences that go along with the choices we make. So we can say, nevertheless, I'm willing and to be completely open and in wholehearted agreement with that statement. And tomorrow when a choice point comes, we're allowed at that point to say, I guess right in this moment I'm willing to be willing to be willing. We can always make those free will choices. But, but do cultivate that open-hearted willingness I wanted to just share a Bible verse with you, a couple of them actually, and these are from the Apostle Paul. And I I just, I I love these. They're They're not necessarily spot on to exactly what we're talking about, but I just love them because they open up. They open up. It's kind of an expansion in our consciousness. So the first one is 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 and 52. Listen, and I will tell you a mystery. We will not fall asleep, but we will all be changed in a moment, 
in the twinkling of an eye. I love that. I love that assurance that no, we're not just going to fall asleep. We're not going to forget what we are. We're not going to ever go back to not knowing. Once we know, we can never not know. And as long as we are awake, we know that just like that, everything can be transformed. And the other one. And I look at this one as kind of uh, our marching orders along the way. Also from 1 Corinthians, this time chapter 16. Keep alert. Stand firm in your faith. Be courageous, be strong, and let all that you do be done in love. Don't think you can go wrong with that. So just remember, keep alert, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. For those of you who have been uh, reading any of Brene Brown's work on on vulnerability and self-compassion, this is very close to her mantra, to stand in my truth don't shrink don't puff up stand stand in my truth and if we can do these things in love we know that what is ours to do will come to us so I'm going to let you at this point just allow kind of all of that to settle in for you allow a couple of deep breaths Consciously begin shifting energy from head to heart. Maybe even lightly touch your heart space. For those of you for whom it's helpful, I'm going to invite you to speak the words of the Lord's Prayer with me. And then we'll let Sky just play another song for us as we enter into this time of quieting. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And leave us not in temptation, but deliver us from error. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
go of my expectations of what the journey looks like. I'm willing to stand tall, to stand firm in my faith, and to say yes. Yes. So as we enjoy a few moments in stillness, in silence, we share this space not only with those of us who are seated here, but we invite all of those who may be traveling, who for whatever reason are not with us today. We connect in oneness with their souls and invite them to a moment of stillness as well. And we hold this space in consciousness of knowing truth, of knowing oneness. And we hold this space for all beings everywhere. It doesn't matter the name over the door. It doesn't even matter if they walk in a door. We know that in truth we are all one. And we let go of whatever pictures we have that represent differences. We let go. And we simply let that which we call God express ever more deeply, ever more fully as we rest in stillness. the sacred space of silence we know that all things are possible we know that all lack all limitation it's only illusion we know that what one has done all may do So we open our hearts, we open our minds, we remember this infinite, abundant universe in which we live. We remember that there are things that we can't yet understand. And we stand tall in our faith, alert, firm, courageous, strong saying yes to doing all that we do in love. So we give thanks. We know that this is so, and so it is. Amen. Thank you, Sky. That was a beautiful song. Love that one. I think that's on your CD that's out there, too. And I don't mean that like as a plug-plug. That was just a... It's a good song to take into your into your own practice. So when we come to this point, we come to this point 
of knowing that we're being called to something knowing that there's something that's uniquely ours to do and we know that must be true because we're here there's your there's your proof if you need proof that you have something that is uniquely yours to do well here you are you know it's as simple as that it's an efficient universe that we live in we make it more complicated through our human mental gyrations sometimes we think if things are too easy that they're not really worth it worth anything well you get what you pay for how many times have we made comments like that and how many times when you've been presented with an opportunity that seemed easy have you kind of screwed up your face and your eyebrows and sort of looked at it going I don't know I don't know now of course there's nothing wrong with being a good steward of your own energies and so you don't want to just blithely and in gullibility kind of waltz into every I don't want to insult any professions let's just say people whose job it is to convince you of things people whose job it is to convince you that you need things that maybe you don't really need so we always bring our discerning to this and sometimes life just really is simpler than we make it out to be as one who has navigated 60 years on this planet with a really healthy well functioning ego i know that mine really 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 wants me to think that it knows best in every single circumstance sort of like the way that my human ego earns its rent is by keeping me convinced that everything is so complicated that i need it to always be figuring things out for me well you mean i can't just know what is mine to do and do it i have to justify it i have to think why me why why would i have a big mission in this world another quote that we've used frequently from charles fillmore that i've i've used so much that my sister who doesn't even come to church here was able to like find it and make a present for me with it if you can imagine that it is possible to god it is also possible to you do not let yourself be belittled by cries of sacrilege if you can imagine that it is possible to god it is also possible to you and our human ego wants to say yeah but yeah but no i i i you know it's not you know i not me and yet if we're going to claim that we are wise powerful loving fearless free spirit that we are god expressing at the point we are well then why wouldn't that be true Do you do you see that? Why wouldn't it be true? If we are God in expression right here right now, why wouldn't we be able to do whatever we can imagine? It's possible for God to do. Yesterday I was getting caught up on editing and and 
uh, and uploading the audio from uh, from the past two months of Sundays. Um, some of you may, some of you who follow the lessons online when you're away may have noticed that we've still been in February on our website for a long time. And yesterday, um, I, yesterday was the day. So I'm just going to say, if you go visit the website now, Yahoo! There's all sorts of new talks there. And I'm bringing bringing this up because. I got to listen finally to the to the day's service that I was not here. Sue Nias and Susan Smith did services did the service that day, and Susan made the comment in her in her talk about this is how we bring about peace on earth, and I loved because she followed that up with, and I believe that is totally possible. And I just loved, as I was listening to that talk, I just loved the, the faithful, seamless, organic way that she went from explaining how peace had been demonstrated in her life on that day and how she just instantly moved into, and that's how we bring about peace on earth, and I believe that is totally, completely possible. How many of us really, really believe that it's possible for us to bring about something as monumental as peace on earth? And then here's the other side. If you go home believing it, what do you do with that when you wake up tomorrow morning? Well, the first thing that I believe we each have to do is to realize that it's up to us to bring it forth through us. We can't wake up tomorrow morning and I'll say, well, I'll sleep in on that peace on earth thing because Susan's got that for us. (laughs) Now, again, I love Susan's consciousness. And Susan does have that for us. And it's not up to us to just kick back with our feet up and say I don't have to do anything because Susan's got that one so the first thing we could do is we could wake up in the morning and we could cultivate a practice of awareness that when we wake up each morning the very very first thought that we give every day is to that which we call God within us whatever your name for that is whether you lay there And you may speak in very traditional language within your own heart. You may say, Heavenly Father, dear God, I dedicate my day to you. Today all that I do is done in love and in honor and glory to you. You may be on the other end of the languaging spectrum. You may wake up and you may say, This is the day that I am the focal point for peace on earth. This is the day that I wake up, that I step out, that I get up, that I get dressed, that I make my coffee, that I interact with my family, that I drive to work, and that I sit in my desk today doing my job knowing that I am the focal point through which peace on earth expresses. You may wake up to the chaos of children and dogs and cats and dirty laundry and socks all over the place and people breaking their toes on beds and all sorts of stuff. And you may be standing there at your kitchen sink doing dishes saying, I am the love of God in expression, bringing about peace on earth. 
at the point I am. Doesn't matter what your work is. We have a tendency, I think, sometimes, and I'm just projecting onto all of you because, you know, that's what we do. We project our expectations onto everyone else. And since I'm the one standing up here, I get to project all of my expectations out there to you. I think that sometimes when we hear something along the lines of, I sat there in meditation, I, I received this word, healer. I received this word, joyful. I received this phrase, loving parent. I received this word, peacemaker. I think that sometimes when we experience that knowing of what it is that's urging us forward, we think that we have to somehow single-handedly take over all of the network television and all of the cable channels and somehow be on TV by tonight saying, okay, the world is a peaceful planet today and you can all thank me very much. (laughs) And if we think that way, we're probably going to get discouraged. And when we become discouraged along our spiritual path, what seems to happen And I say this having had the experience myself and having had conversations with many others. We start off with all of the good intentions in the world. We leave here after this experience of knowing. And maybe because it's Sunday afternoon we even go home and we're still kind of in that glow. And and it's like, yes, this is an infinite universe. Yes, I am willing. Yes. And then tomorrow we leave our houses and we find out there's construction on Broadway, Grant, Speedway, 22nd Street, and even the on-ramp to the freeway that might get us out of all of that. And then we forget. We forget all about peace on earth. We forget about being a joyful presence. And what happens then is at some point later on in the day, for me, here's when I usually remember. I usually remember when I'm hearing myself being especially short with someone, when I hear myself being really, really impatient and maybe just this side of really rude and nasty, I hear myself and I remember. And sometimes I don't remember until I'm on the other side of really rude and nasty. And then when I hear the words coming out of my voice, out of my mouth, I start beating myself up. Who am I to claim the title peacemaker when I cannot even have a peaceful interaction with an employee because he bought gas and didn't bring back a receipt? Who am I to be claiming the title of joyful presence? When I'm standing here so annoyed that this cashier cannot just sell me the milk that I need without calling a manager. So instead of simply remembering and making whatever remediation needs to happen in that moment and moving forward in awareness, oh, You know what? I'm sitting here yelling at you because you did not bring me a receipt for gas. I am sitting here yelling at you and really, I'm supposed to be a peaceful presence in the world. I apologize. 
Yes, part of your job is to bring me receipts. And part of my job is to make sure that if the IRS ever wants to see those receipts, that they are here. But that doesn't mean I have to cross that line into treating you as though you are less than. Instead, frequently, human ego kicks in. Yep, remember, I'm here. This is what I'm here. I'm here just for these moments like this. Well, you know, you're right. He is supposed to bring you that receipt. By gosh, you know, you're paying him a paycheck. You've got every right to demand a receipt. Who does he think he is? Ignoring the rules. And this is a second gas receipt. Maybe it's a second gas receipt in eight years, but it's a second gas receipt that he hasn't brought in. And by gosh, if we don't yell at him, you know, he'll just think he doesn't have to do it at any point. <sighs> Yikes. So, so we just shut the door on our willingness time and time again. The invitation that I think the Lenten process brings us to is a point of saying, yes, I am willing to do the best job I'm capable of doing in any given moment of whatever it is that is mine to do while I'm here. And whatever it is I'm here to do, I'm going to do the best job I can of remembering that really my work here, really what I'm being called to is to be that presence of God and expression at the point I am. That's really what it all comes down to. And when I catch myself falling short, as I surely will, I'm going to say yes to forgiving myself as much as I'm capable in that moment of forgiving myself and of moving forward again in awareness. I apologize. I'm going to just stop talking now and stop yelling at you about the receipt and I'm just going to say I apologize. I appreciate the good work that you have done on all of those hundreds of times when you did bring in the receipt that I never once acknowledged. And if we can just bring awareness, just bring awareness... We don't need to know how being a peacemaker in the universe looks in every moment from this point forward. We don't need to be psychic. We don't need a 60-page business plan of how I am going to single-handedly bring about peace on earth. All that we really need to do is to stay awake to be open and receptive to the transformation that can take place in the twinkling of an eye to stand firm to be courageous to open our hearts and to do what we do with love and it doesn't matter if your to-do list doesn't have anything beyond wake up tomorrow and remember this commitment maybe that's really the only thing that we really need to put on the to-do list is I will wake up and remember what my job really is and that is to be the presence of God and if I do that I will trust that the rest will be made known to me 
If it was able to be made known to me that my work is to be God in expression at the point I am, shouldn't we be able to trust that the how will come? What you are is so much more than just a person with a to-do list and a plan. And I love plans. I love plans. And I'm willing to let go of the plan. So, so this week, bring, I'm going to invite you to bring some awareness to this. If you can remember, in the morning, this day, I love, this is the day the Lord has made. Let me rejoice in it. And that is not some external something. This day is the day that the Christ of your beingness has created. Everything you have done to this point in your life has brought you to this day. All of those things that you thought were not important, all of those things you thought were dreadfully important, all of those things you thought were dreadful, have all brought you to this point. And can I simply rejoice in that? So that's your homework. Is it simple? I think it's simple. Is it easy? For me, maybe not so much. So thank you all. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen for how you show up this week. How do you be what you are? So share those things with me. Share those things. I appreciate hearing them. Thank you all.